this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And this, Jay, is our September poll. This is the long, we need winding poll music. road. We need a poll like jingle or something. Yes, it should be. It should be ultra dramatic. It should be like like a tournament of death. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun 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 dun. That's actually a real song. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it is. It also needs those like big Hans Zimmer like. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know where the bass just sounds like it's gonna mm-hmm. <laughs> swallow you into the earth. We cut the slow-mo. Yes. Uh, cut to slow-mo on what exactly? I, I <laughs> Scrolling a webpage? <laughs> the reveal, yeah. So we had our September tournament, three rounds of nine. I was, I was going like three rounds of nine. No, that's, that's three <laughs> rounds of nine. Tim had up four fingers, not three. <laughs> I don't have full control over my digits. Some that's hard just, to do. Some of them just get wonky. Yeah, if I had to do that quickly, it would I can take do the Spock second. thing. See, Nanu Nanu. Uh, no. That was <laughs> that was Morgan I Mindy. Do I don't I don't know. I <laughs> combined Spork, Spock and and uh, and Mork, uh, which is Spork. No, we had three rounds until our final round. Three rounds of nine. Let's get into the albums that were suggested for these three rounds. In round one, it was Faster Pussycats, Whipped, C-Spot Runs, Ten Stories High, Grantley Buffalo's Mighty Joe Moon, Jucifer's Calling All Cars on the Vegas Strip, The Trash Women Spend the Night With, Mud Sharks Self-Titled, Train Meets Truck, Never Been There, Kingston Wall 2, and Powder Monkeys, Time Heals All Wounds. The winner out of round one is Faster Pussycat, Whipped suggested by Richard Waterman and Kyle Bittner's suggestion of Grant Lee Buffalo's Mighty Joe Moon. I am genuinely shocked that we've gotten this far into this show, 600 plus episodes and not done a Grant Lee Buffalo album. There were a number of them. I know they've come up before. Yep. I've even, t- I think we've even done one minute reviews of solo albums. Uh, and mm-hmm. they haven't, uh, they haven't come up. So round two, heavy bones, self-titled verbena souls for sale scream. Fumble, Kerosene 454, Race, Alice Cooper, The Last Temptation, Land Burke, Indian Summer, The Marshes, Fledling, Fledgling, Kitchens of Distinction, The Death of Cool, and Various Artists, If I Were a Carpenter compilation. Out of that, Eric Peterson's suggestion of Alice Cooper's The Last Temptation and Patrick Testa's pick, If I Were a Carpenter, they went on to round to the final round, but we had our round three which was Sprinklers, More Boy, Less Friend, Three Mile Pilots, Another Desert, Another Sea, Trustees, Goodbye, Dr. Fate, Self-Titled by Salmon Blaster, Black Velvet Flags, Come Recline, Half Hour to Go, Items for the Full Outfit, The Velt, Aphrodisiac, Flick, 
the perfect Kellulite and Latigres self-titled. Now, the two winners out of that, Jeff Gentis's pick of Latigre and Kyle Bittner's suggestion of Salmon Blaster, the two self-titled records, they went to the final six. This was the final six. Faster Pussycat, Grantley Buffalo, Alice Cooper, If I Were a Carpenter, Latigre, and Salmon Blaster. That's quite the group. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amazing. And uh, I don't know, to me, it, it's also very representational of the 90s. If you have an mm-hmm. open mind and a full, like, somewhat educated perspective on and actually listen to music, this is a pretty good spectrum of everything that you were hearing. Yes, of, of, the, of the rock, indie rock, alternative yes. rock, hard rock. Lo-fi, hi-fi, commercial, <laughs> college, yes. We even have the, uh, you know, an old guy, a couple older, ba- like really old guy in Alice Cooper, like an 80s band in Faster Pussycat. Then you've got like later 90s stuff. It's, it's all over the place. Yep. And this was a close race, Jay. I think down to the final hours. This race was running close. Yeah. I think at one point it was almost a four-way tie. Oh, yeah. And then at the very end, by 3% of the vote, just a, 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 a hair-raising, n- white-knuckled, <laughs> edge-of-your-seat finale, the self-titled album by Salmon Blaster won it. 27% of the vote. Over Faster Pussycat and Grantley Buffalo, which had 20, tied with 24%. If I Were in Carpenter came up uh, with 14%, the Tigre 8%, and Alice Cooper 3%. Now, one of these albums, I'm not going to say which, has been resurrected by the Suggesty, and that's going to be their album pick coming up. Oh, okay. So I do like that, that the people who suggested this. Uh, from our patron community, yep. are like, well, you guys didn't vote for it, so I'm going to resurrect it and I'm going to save it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into some comments. Well, first of all, Salmon Blaster, great name. Oh my gosh, what a name! What it's so <laughs> so evocative. It, it sounds like it also sounds like um, a band that you know could have been a fake band from like um, Bill and Ted's or Wayne's World or something. <laughs> you know mentioned like oh yeah we're playing with salmon blaster and it's like mentioned the passing it also uh earmuffs for the kids it sounds like one of those urban legend sexual positions <laughs> like salmon cleveland blaster. steamer or yeah, yeah, yeah. cincinnati Bowtie. Oh, or my goodness don't That's look those a, up yeah i've got some don't, images in my brain right now that i'd like to get out don't don't google those but salmon blaster <laughs> is like in the same yeah, like trying to imagine what a salmon blaster would be. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, earmuffs off. Oh. This is we don't uh, discriminate when it comes to uh, to topics or language. This is just a free for all. But our patrons, they had something to say about the, this poll. Willie Dillon said salmon blaster is such a great album. And of course, it comes from the great white north. Freeway is one of the best songs of the 90s. Some of the other songs have a clear Nirvana influence. Definitely sticks in your ears. Definitely stick it in your ears. Kyle Bittner said, 
of the two horses I have in the race, Grantley Buffalo is a better album lyrically, vocally, and musically, but I have to go with Salmon Blaster. It deserves attention and is a true dig me out album. And yes, Freeway is one of the best songs of the 90s and one of the most 90s videos to boot. To boot. Uh, Gavin was rooting for Faster Pussycat. Um, after a fantastic cavalcade of new music during the elimination rounds, we've ended up with the most mundane outcome. Ooh, Gary Moran said, I'm feeling the same. And Taylor Kihei, Kihei, sorry, Taylor, Mr. Pronounce your name, of course. Uh, Real Talk, Whipped is a solid, is solid an upgrade for the band. They seem to finally come into their own just before it all came crashing down. And then Keith Badge followed up with, sadly, they ended up on a freight train with a one-way ticket to a non, on a nonstop to nowhere. <laughs> That's your pussycat reference there. Yes. Martin K. Salmon Blaster were clearly ahead of their time. And here's the evidence. Uh, there's an article from The Guardian about um, a salmon cannon fish dam from 2019. I don't know. Uh, Stephen John said, Salmon Blaster all the way. It's definitely of the m- mind that it's a DMO album through and through. Bill Davidson went with Grantley Buffalo and said we can't, he couldn't believe we hadn't done any of their stuff. Um, and Taylor argued that fuzzy is better than mighty joe moon um darren leach said although sam and blaster have a terrible band name debatable or brilliant uh i would say their tracks are super catchy not on spotify here in the uk unfortunately would have been great to hear a second album by them some of the tracks don't sound as fully formed as others but overall a decent album so willie dylan posted this after I did a little research on this band, because I was trying to figure out, like, nothing is streaming. You can't get this on any streaming service. They don't even, like, there's a few songs up on YouTube, but nobody's posted, like, the whole album, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, Willie Dillon said, since Salmon Blaster won't, uh, one, here's a link to a remixed, remastered digital version. And then they also had recorded an entire second record that never came mm. out. So there's a band camp for Yeah Right Records, and you can buy the MP3s for the remastered first album and all of the second album that never came out. There was a vinyl pressing, but that's already sold out. So good luck trying to get yeah. that. Um, cool. But I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty smart to at least get it remastered. Cause you know, it's 90s stuff. Sometimes stuff didn't, wasn't mastered all that great. Um, but then to also offer it with the second record that never came out is pretty cool. So I think I searched for this on Bandcamp, but it didn't come up. You have That's to go funny. to Yeah Right Records. Oh, I have a hard time finding stuff on Bandcamp sometimes. Mm-hmm. Am I alone there? Am I doing it wrong? No, I do too, because sometimes it's not the bands that release the records. It's a label. Yeah. And then you have to, you, you have to look for the label and not the actual they need band. To, Bandcamp needs to fix that. I think they're hurting. Yeah, I do find searching on Bandcamp is not the easiest. But on the, uh, the name, so the little story that you just shared about the, have you seen those salmon dams? Maybe that's what the name is referencing. I don't know. No, what's a salmon dam? Um, so when you build a dam in areas where you have salmon trying to migrate, you're blocking them from being able to migrate. So they mm-hmm. just die there and they can't obviously populate. So they build essentially like cannons that suck up the salmon and then funnel them through like a tube and then shoot them over the dam. 
So you can see a like, YouTube video of this? <laughs> yes. Sometimes they'll be like, you'll see like a long tube that'll like suck them all up and they'll just like carry them up over the dam and then shoot them up all over the top. And then they'll drop in the other side and keep swimming. I wonder if they go through that and they're like, what the f- just happened? <laughs> I was just swimming along and all of a sudden yeah. I just got projectiled. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So that just triggered. Maybe that's what this name means. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there you go. A little bit of knowledge we learned about <laughs> salmon blasting. <laughs> Not an urban legend. It's real. It's actually happened. I do want to mention that when I was researching, I said I was looking for information about this band because there's not a lot. I did find a WordPress site called Jaded and Elated, which is dedicated to 90s can rock. Which is can rock? Canadian rock. Can rock. Oh, I hadn't heard the term can rock. Including recently did a re- did an interview with Ryan Dahl of Age of Electric and Limblifter. Very cool. So sounds like we uh, have a friend out there because he's he's only talk. He's basically only blogging about Canadian rock from the 90s. And he has like the top 30 Canadian albums of 1996 and top 10 can rock videos and that kind of stuff like. Yeah. And he's got a whole article about that. He wrote about. um, This record. about discovering it and and the, the videos which were mentioned and freeway. And whatnot. So if you go to uh, jadedandelated.wordpress.com, uh, you'll there's some cool stuff there. And or no, Raven Drool is the one who did the interview. That's just he just linked to it. Sorry. Um, let's get into it, Jay. Let's talk about Salmon Blaster. Tell me one thing you liked about the self-titled album from Salmon Blaster. Well, you get sucked in by the guitars right away. It has that um 90s grunge kind of tone the fuzz mixed with a lot of chorus uh pretty heavily compressed which gives you those big explosions especially when you combine it with like bashing cymbals and and drums you just get that nirvana-esque you know smells like teen spirit film nirvana song you know big huge emotional angsty energy that is to me the sound of the record which is you know always a lot of fun it pulls me in right away it's accessible you kind of get what you you know at least on the surface of the record you 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 get it right away um but the more you i think dig into the record and spend time with it there's a lot of dimension here underneath that that i liked a lot it kept me engaged it kept me 
sort of digging into the deeper into the songs, listening for things and understanding it differently. So I heard things like, you know, there's a little bit of layers of emo buried under this for me. And there's a little bit of post-punk. If you listen to a song like The Perfect Fit, you know, vocally, it almost sounds like emo pop, but it then still has this like trashy grunge sound. Um, Just a fish underneath is a dancey post-punk vibe in the verse. And then you switch over to this, you know, bashing chorus. Uh, so I was hearing these, these other, even like Drive Like Jehu was a band that came to mind for Brian, uh, for the song Brian Jones. So you're hearing these other, um, not grunge, not pop, but these other emo, post-punk, even a little prog in a song like Vision Blur, where you're like, it's taking some twists and turns that you're not expecting. Uh, so I think under that layer of the guitar and that, you know, high energy, you know, kind of aggressive aesthetic, I think there's a lot going on here. That's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, the song even a lot, or the album even gets a little pretty and vulnerable sometimes, you know, a, a band that came to mind too, when I listened to this on the surface was local H um but in contrast this is a you know lo- local issue i don't know that it ever gets like pretty invulnerable it's usually pretty much like four on the floor and you know right intense the whole time but this album like a song like freeway or vision blur you know the intros are very different uh they're kind of pretty picked out you know they're still using that chorusy effect but not with any distortion um so it's not just about this muscle and angst and full on like you know masculine bravado around grunge and sort of you know hard rock. There's a, some other things in here layered in, either in intros or interludes or even full songs that are um, adding some dimension and I, I think different different sides uh, that are unexpected and appreciate from an album standpoint. So that's some of the stuff that worked for me. What worked for you? Well, before I mention it, I want to say, or before I talk about it, I want to mention uh, this. Yeah. Right. Records. If you look through what their releases are on Bandcamp, there are black halos releases. Uh, uh, okay. Apparently the band got together to record some like seven inches. And I don't know how long they've been apart. I really haven't kept up with the black halos. I just remember really liking those first couple records when they came. Yeah. Out. They're like a uh, Vancouver based. So I'm wondering if maybe the label's in that area. Definitely Canadian. Yeah. Um, but there's at least two new releases, and then there was a reissue of, or not reissue, but their song Retro World, which I think is on their first record. Mm-hmm. Apparently they found a box of seven inches that were never distributed, and so they're selling them through there. And that's from like 1998. Yeah. Uh, and then there's new stuff. Just want to mention that. There's other interesting bands on there that some of the names i've heard of this record is interesting because you mentioned the 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 touch point the touchstones for this i mean obviously nirvana yeah you can hear it in the guitars you can hear it in a song like transistors and turbines there's a very cobain-esque vocal scream in that song and a couple other ones um but then yeah there's also some a a bit of more post-punk on like brian jones and and some of these more angular riffs 
I think the word is chaos that I'm looking for <laughs> when it comes to this band. There is some real chaos happening on some of these songs where it's like so loud and messy that it it is it's very um post-punk in an in an uncontrolled way whereas you know some things like jesus lizard can be very precise and boiled down into like harsh but you know it's the bass and it's grinding and stuff like that this has got a lot of guitar noise um in the right spots like freeway the single you know that sort of transcends being just an alternative song there's a little bit of like a touch of noise rock or shoegaze in parts of that song but it's not over the top or anything it's not going to push anybody away who's not into shoegaze There is a lot of cool guitar guitar stuff happening with regards to that. You mentioned the like the chorus pedal, or or there's a little bit of like flange or um, not flange. Uh, what's the what, what is am I thinking for, of uh, the other one? Phaser. Phaser. Yeah, if, it sounds like there's like just a touch of that on certain yeah. you know guitar parts, um, which is not always something that you heard in the 90s unless it was like very specific and very small in in certain bands um or you'd hear a little bit of like on the bass you know like yeah yeah nirvana used chorus a lot i mean yeah um but i hear you on the phaser more so on the on i think never mind you don't hear it on like bleach which is much more just straight up aggressive and yeah loud which is what this kind of more reminded me of it also reminded me of verbena in some parts yeah um because of the obvious like nirvana sounds but it's not the nirvana of like come as you are it's definitely the more nirvana of like stay away and yeah and that kind of stuff um the more aggressive but sort of filtered through this much more chaotic and there are, are there are songs where his vocal is doing like drive it. I mean, that could be like an at the drive-in <laughs> vocal and, or, or a, or a, uh, like you mentioned, um, a po- more post-punk. And then there are, what, there's one song. There's some like instrumental songs almost like floating oh, yeah. eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's there's just like two. there's like samples and there's really yeah. cool music going on. And that reminded me in a weird way of like my vitriol, where they would have like these sort of just interludes. Yeah. That were full songs, but there really wasn't a, a vocal happening. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like 
And you get that on, um, is it Pulse as well? That has like, it's got like some keyboard stuff happening too. Yeah, it's an instrumental. It's very synth heavy. Yeah. Which again, when I'm talking about like the chaos of this record, that's sort of part of it where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen song to song. You get skyrockets and you've got like (laughs) a thrashing, like as thrashy as grunge could get. Like that's, that's it. And then you, you butt that up against the perfect fit, which starts with this like very mellow guitar bass part. And then kind of just morphs into, like you said, more of the local H sound. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not hyper aggressive. It's not that raspy Cobain thing, but it's got a drive. It's got hooks. I mean, there's a lot of hooks. They're weird hooks. Yeah. There's a lot of strange things happening that are There's one track. I think Blast Off has it too. Like it has some like weird keyboard parts happening to it. Even though it's not like it could sound like it could mm-hmm. been off a of bleach. It's got like these synth weird things happening yeah it's sort of there's synths swirling through that whole song which i did not expect yeah when you when you hear like the first couple songs you're like okay i kind of know where this is going and then like you get that synth and it's a completely different yeah i mean once you you get the transitions and turbines you're like oh okay this is gonna be like a nirvana record or you know verbena and all these bands come to mind maybe like local age like you're hearing like oh we're gonna go down that tree but then Blast off starts off with a synth intro, and you're like, well, hold on. <laughs> you know, back up. No, this isn't going to be what I thought. You know, third track really flips the script, and your mind opens up of where this help can go from that point forward, for sure. And I think you get, uh, there was a band we did a little while ago called Pure, which had some elements of this too, where it was like, you think you know where it's going. You mm-hmm. think, oh, this is going to be a, like, you know, pretty typical nineties. And then there's some twists. Uh, I think one of the more interesting parts is his vocal. When he doubles it, like it can sound really good. Yeah. But when he doesn't, it sounds ultra aggressive and, (laughs) uh, you know, good. It's not going to be for everybody. Right. Brian Jones, that track to me, the vocal, this is going to be a super obscure reference. Only you're going to know it, Tim, but, it reminded me of the band Bob City, which is like a oh this horse kind of yelling, you know. But it sounds like you blew your voice out, and but you're still yelling through it anyway. What's weird is that on other songs, he can be very melodic or some, like you said, like they'll double it or they'll do like 
call and response style vocals. The vocal really changed a lot on this record. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honestly, I'm not sure how I would describe the singer as one voice. You know, uh, there's so many different vocal approaches here taken. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of pin down what to expect and how to even define it. Uh, I agree. Because on like Betrayal, he sounds a lot like Scott Lucas. Yeah. For parts of that song. But then it goes into like this weird jazzy breakdown part in the middle of the song, which they would not necessarily do. There's even parts uh, like the chorus of Shooting Stars has a Supergrass vibe to me. Like if you go back to the first Supergrass record, I'm it's hitting little notes like that to like, Hmm, that kind of feels like that energy and that style of like singing. It's definitely a very rhythmic oriented vocal. You know, he's in, he's playing off of the drums. He's finding spots with the guitars, but I think the tone and the emphasis on melody is what is changing um, throughout the record. And then just like doubling and adding additional voices is what is making it sound so varied. So what doesn't work for you? I'm perplexed by the whole middle section of the record. Once you get to past freeway, which is to me where I really like it came together for the first three tracks of the record. I'm like, Oh wait, Nirvana. Now we have since I'm not sure where we're going here. Freeway. It all comes together into one song. And it clicks like, got it. Okay. Now the first three tracks make sense. I see what this is about. This is, you know, I'm getting it on super cool. Not that drive it is a bad song, but it just segues into this, these instrumentals that I, I, I'm perplexed because I like what they're trying to do. I think with them and what they could do for the record create create a mood create an atmosphere you know especially when you add in the idea of you know uh samples you know you can kind of create something cinematic like you said with my vitriol it 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 creates time and space between the band name and the album cover like you can kind of see like oh we're going to create this like kind of gritty you know anti-pop culture kind of thing and but there's two of them. They're intermixed. There's two instrumental tracks. They're intermixed with um, pretty aggressive, like Drive It and Brian Jones, pretty aggressive, but straight, more straightforward songs. Um, you know, less dynamics, less changes going on. And then you get to skyrockets and think to me, then things start to click again. They start to feel like more like the beginning of the record. Um, and you're getting more balance. You've got like harmonics on that. So you're kind of seeing the other shades of the guitar playing. It's not just about riffs. Like there can be some cool, you know, post punky little dynamics and tricks in here. And then I think you get to a solid ending of the record. That's, in that local H ish kind of space of tight and punchy songs, heavy. And you go out on something like vision blur, which again is a little more expansive and says like, 
you know, shows the range of the band. It's a bit more froggy, heady. But this middle section, it's just, it's not quite, it sounds like a bunch of other songs that were just thrown in the middle of the record. And I'm not quite understanding them. They threw me off. I don't hate them. They just don't feel like the beginning and the end of the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the choice of the samples at all. Um, I don't dislike the decision to use samples in an instrumental. But the screaming at the beginning of floating eyes, like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know if it's from a horror movie or something, but it's just like blood curdled screams for way too long. Mm-hmm. And on repeated listens, I'm like, I, I, I want to skip this, like get to the song. And then I found like the samples throughout the rest of the song were really pulling me out of getting into the music, which I, I think the music's pretty cool in that song. There's some really cool guitar parts and changes and dynamics. But I'm competing with these samples that are not really complementing that well. Um, so it's kind of a, a little bit of a mess. I, I'd almost rather like on that track just take the samples out or um, only have one instrumental in the middle of the record. Don't put two in the middle of the record. That is a very strange decision to me. Um, and then Pulse is just so off the... I like the ambition of Pulse with those synths and the dance rhythm and the verse. It's even got like these breaks with like sample breaks and stuff, like drum breaks that sound almost like electronic music. But again, in the middle of the record, following another instrumental song, it just feels garbled and confused in the middle and it takes me out of it and it takes me too much time to get back into the record. Yeah. So that's, could, that's what didn't work for me. I totally agree with that middle part. I, feel, I mean, there is influenced by Nirvana, and then there is, there is stuff on here. Like, Transistors and Turbines basically sounds like a Nirvana song. Like, yeah. even that, like, double snare hit that he does is so Nirvana. It's so Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, and the, when he, the chorus, it sounds, like, it sounds like a Nirvana song. I mean, the way he sings and stretches the notes um there's that to me just rubbed me the wrong way that there was like such a indebtedness to to the louder aspects of nirvana that like a song like the perfect fit is an interesting use of that vibe but changing it so that it gives it its own gives it its own yeah 
perspective and 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 sound whereas in a lot of cases it they just sound like they listen to bleach a whole hell of a lot and wrote a bunch of songs um that was that's really the thing that i i can get over you know i'd be interested to hear what the remaster sounds like because i could definitely see this getting a remaster yeah it does sound like a little tinny at times yeah um but that was the thing that just hung over my head the whole time was just like how much this sounds like nirvana okay um what so the instrumentals in the middle didn't bother you no they do i think i think that's the weakest part i think five through nine is the weakest part of this record yeah i think if you went one through four and then 10 through 14 Mm -hmm. you've got a solid nine songs I mean, yeah. it's still a worthy record. It's just like it's so con- it's so unfocused with regards to like the two instrumentals, and then just a lot of thrashing around. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, I understand it's the '90s. It's only a 44 minute record, even though it's 14 songs. Yeah, I mean, it's not. A, it's not a matter of it being too long for me. It's more I, I lose feel- focus. Yeah. Like I'm into it on freeway and I'm like, oh damn, this is coming together. I'm digging this. I can't wait to see where we go. And then it's a hard left turn for about four or five songs. And I'm scratching my head. Like, I, do I like this? Do I not like this? I don't know. I like this part's kind of cool, but this part is I hate. And, and then it gets back into, I, I, I kind of catch my wind and I'm like, okay, now I'm feeling it again. And when I analyzed it, I was like, oh, shit, there's this whole chunk in the middle that if you just took out, this would be so much more cohesive and keep me right. in the, it would just keep me like engaged and like having a good time. Uh, yeah, it would be shorter, but it's, you know, we harp about time a lot. It's not necessarily time. It's just sequencing and or just, just, it needs good editing. It needs a producer to come in and say like, hey, hey boys, these are cool songs. Maybe we put these as B-sides. Maybe you like you know, change this or that, or we, we keep them for the next record, but like, let's get this down to the best material and right. Lose the indulgence. Uh, yeah, I, th- I just get fatigued is what it is. Yeah. Because there are moments of let's draw it back and some dynamic shifts, but for the most part, we're using that very abrasive guitar sound. Um, throughout the record which works on certain songs and doesn't add much to other ones so i would have i guess i would have liked to have heard like what would sound like if you beefed up the guitars a little bit and they they were a little more like fuzz in but like rounded like the way that like fu manchu was able to really get a especially in the newer stuff like a really tight compressed guitar sound so that i don't hear the shh over top of it this is a different drum sound too uh it's a very uh kind of hollow yeah um, high end it's very bright Uh, it was okay it worked for me i I but i hear i know what you're saying it is a that's what i was trying to describe like it's a very like uh trashy grunge sound to me you know, it mm-hmm. sounds like a an early Seattle band sound. Uh, now Nirvana went on and like 
you know, never mind. They get that that low end in there and they get the drums recorded a little cleaner and not as, you know, that snare isn't quite as brittle as this one is. And they warm all that up and it comes together and gels. Um, whereas this band isn't there. It's a, it's a rawer sound than that. Yeah. I, so I was looking, they had two singles off of this. Um, mentioned freeway was one of them. And then the other one was, I think it was sugar rush. Might've been the other single. Cause that's what the video is, uh, is for. Um, but this came out in 96, I believe. And for the U S this is a hard sell in 96, like the Nirvana rough hewn, you know, distorted sound has been kind of washed away at this point. Everybody's kind of gone. This is like third, you know, wave of grunge. It's all cleaned up. Yeah, like, I mean, even uh, Stone Temple Pilots is this is like Big Bang Baby, where right. like even those bands are like looking at other sounds. This is down on the upside for Soundgarden. You got like Burden yep. in My Hand with piano and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Pearl Gems making No Code and then uh, Yield. So like the big heavyweights of that sound have kind of moved on and the newer bands, I mean, I would hesitate to look at what was big in 96, but I'm guessing it's like Everclear and the like not Sparkle and Fade, but the next record probably after that. Um, and Marcy Playground and, you know, those kind of bands like it's not. Is this one uh local age? breaks i want to say that was a little earlier was it okay i want to say it was like 95 or 94 you mean with um chain to the floor or whatever it's called yeah um bound to the floor bound to the floor i could definitely hear like we said i mean there's some some similarities between the two band sounds but that's a much cleaner like think about those those verses versus those choruses um it's yeah a, the, i mean the local h is a much more manic like it's a sonically it's it's a lot more um manicured yeah and pop friendly right i think like he had figured out the format of like how do i get that big sound but not make it so noisy and get rid of the extra notes that kind of make it dissonant and not pop radio friendly but still like you know feel substantial and heavy right i do like the cover i'm assuming that's an amx on the cover <laughs> with those flames that is quite a hood scoop that is that is sucking <laughs> in some air to cool down that beast of an engine that's under that amx hood so it's a it's a muscle car with got uh, some krager ss's on the rims there yeah with a with a metallic flame job mm-hmm. and a dude uh with a 70s haircut staring down at the uh, dash and then the logo is uh almost a typical 90s logo like a lot of bands were doing this with like ovals put yep. your put your name in an oval uh, kind of it's, thing it's either an album cover 
or they're like selling fishing gear with that well, with that logo. It also when you look at the album cover, it made me wonder if this was going to be more of an action rock kind of thing. That's what I kind of thought too. <laughs> I mean, the name threw me. I was like, I don't know. The action rock band will call themselves Salmon Blaster, but you know, there's sort of a deviant under underside or aspect or to that sound as well. So maybe like that's what I'm getting into. Uh, and I and I maybe in Canada the parental advisor sticker is different design, but I know in the U.S. that is not the real parental mm-hmm. advisory sticker. Uh, so that's either the Canadian one or that is a fake one that they put. <laughs> this is definitely not the one that was uh, used in the United States. Well, let's get into our overall ratings for this album. Uh, is it a worthy album, a better EP, or a decent single? Where do you land, Jay? I'm gonna fa- fa- I'm gonna fall at a worthy album. I enjoyed it. I don't think. The, I think it's worth it's worth listening to. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff on here. It just needs some trimming. I I, I would make a playlist out of this that had Sugar Bush, Transistors and Turbines, Blast Off and Freeway, and then I would skip to Skyrockets and then finish the record from there, and I would just cut that whole middle section out. I'm not saying that middle section isn't... Some people might love it and might get into it, but for me, if I was, you know, could, had a time machine and can go back and produce this record, that's what I would be telling this band to do. And I f- feel like it would be a totally different experience. I think I'd be all in. It would be a fast, quick blast of energy. I think some of the stuff that you picked up on, like sonically from the guitar standpoint, I don't think it would be as grating and fatiguing if it was uh, not for that middle section, which is a little bit tough to get through. So I'm going to say where the record, because I think the pieces and parts are there. I just think they need to be reordered and, and or edited down a bit. Where are you at? I think I'm going to be at an EP. I would go with sugar rush blast off freeway, the perfect fit, um, shooting stars and just a fish and vision blur. So I'd have seven songs on my EP, which is like half the record. Um, which I feel like is representative of like half the record basically being, you know, unique to them. And then the other half sort of a lot of Nirvana aping, um, which didn't work as well for me. So sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it just, it didn't work as well for me. So I still think there's a lot of interesting stuff here. And I think the guitar playing is interesting and there's some cool riffs. Um, he's got an interesting vocal even if we can't pin it down exactly yeah as to what he do he does well but there there's some catchy lyrics and tunes and and melodies but yeah just as a whole it, i'm i'm actually curious now to go listen to that remaster to see how much different the quality of the sound is yeah if that made any sort of difference so that's a worthy album for jay and a better ep for me, we need to thank um, Kyle Bittner, who's the one that suggested it. He's, and we forgot to mention, but he, he actually commented, he said, a 90s band name, if there ever was one, this Canadian band from London, Ontario, is a fine mix of Seattle sound and power pop. I don't know that I got a lot of power pop out of this record. I'm going to be honest. Uh, 
I mean, it definitely got some pop. You know, like I said, like Blast Off, there's moments of that that felt like Czar or, like I said, Supergrass to me. Yeah, but, but when I think of Power Pop, it's I... sprinkled in. It's it's more like melodic hooky elements to right. me than Power It's got to have some like really killer vocal hooks, which, you know, you got you to gotta bring me back to like Cheap Trick and... And from a songwriting standpoint, they're not, it's not power pop songwriting. These are, to me, they're doing the soft, loud thing. I mean, almost every song starts off with a clean chorus guitar. Right. And they click in the fuzz. You know, it's, it's following the grunge quiet loud, the Pixies dynamic more than it is power pop. We need to say thank you to everyone who suggested a record. You can suggest a record by simply going to digmeoutpodcast.com. Go to our suggest an album page. Drop in your suggestion, your album title, your artist. Give us a little detail why you're suggesting it, and it'll show up in one of these polls in the future. We do 27 albums every month that make it into our tournament of champions. And our patrons are the ones who vote on it. So if you'd like to vote, you can join us at Patreon by going to dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Dot com. It's also where you can vote in our uh, Worthy Album Better EP Decent Single polls for records when they get suggested by our patrons. You get our exclusive 80s episodes, one of which just dropped. We just did Rush uh, and their album Presto from 1989 for exclusive 80s episodes. We'll have another one coming up in October. And... Uh, we also is it's also where you can read the box newsletter, which you can sign up for at our website. The box newsletter comes out every week. Two new reviews of albums or music or television or, music, or t- television shows, documentaries, books, anything related to 80s or 90s music that uh, catches our eye. Plus our release calendar of new releases every week related to those decades. And finally, if you like what you heard, please consider consider leaving us some positive feedback over at Apple Podcasts. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Mm-hmm.